Chapters 1 through 5 of Theologia Germanica. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter. Theologia Germanica by an anonymous author. Translated by Susanna Winkworth. Chapters 1 through 5. Chapter 1. Of that which is perfect, and that which is in part, and how that which is in part is done away, when that which is perfect is come. St. Paul saith, When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now mark what is that which is perfect, and that which is in part. That which is perfect is a being who hath comprehended and included all things in himself, and his own substance, and without whom, and beside whom, there is no true substance, and in whom all things have their substance. For he is the substance of all things, and is in himself unchangeable and immovable, and changeth and moveth all things else. But that which is in part, or the imperfect, is that which hath its source in or springeth from the perfect, just as a brightness or a visible appearance floweth out from the sun or a candle, and appeareth to be somewhat this or that. And it is called a creature, and of all these things which are in part, none is perfect. So also the perfect is none of the things which are in part. The things which are in part can be apprehended, known, and expressed. But the perfect cannot be apprehended, known, or expressed by any creature as creature. Therefore, we do not give a name to the perfect, for it is none of these. The creature, as creature, cannot know nor apprehend it, name nor conceive it. Now when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. But when doth it come? I say, when as much as may be it is known, felt, tasted, of the soul. For the lack lieth altogether in us, and not in it. In like manner the sun lighteth the whole world, and is as near to one as another, yet a blind man seeth it not. But the fault thereof lieth in the blind man, not in the sun. And like as the sun may not hide its brightness, but must give light unto the earth, for heaven indeed draweth its light and heat from another fountain, so also God, who is the highest good, willeth not to hide himself from any, wheresoever he findeth a devout soul that is thoroughly purified from all creatures. For in what measure we put off the creature, in the same measure we are able to put on the Creator, neither more nor less. For if mine eye is to see anything, it must be single, or else be purified from all other things. And where heat and light enter in, cold and darkness must needs depart. It cannot be otherwise. But one might say, Now since the perfect cannot be known nor apprehended of any creature, but the soul is a creature, how can it be known by the soul? Answer, this is why we say by the soul as a creature. We mean it is impossible to the creature in virtue of its creature nature and qualities, that by which it saith I and myself. For in whatsoever creature the perfect shall be known, 
Therein creature, nature, qualities, the eye, the self, and the like, must all be lost and done away. This is the meaning of that saying of St. Paul. When that which is perfect is come, that is, when it is known, then that which is in part, to wit, creature, nature, qualities, the eye, the self, the mind, will be despised and counted for naught. So long as we think much of these things, cleave to them with love, joy, pleasure, or desire, so long remaineth the perfect unknown to us. But it might further be said, Thou sayest beside the perfect there is no substance, yet sayest again that somewhat floweth out from it. Now is not that which hath flowed out from it something beside it? Answer. This is why we say beside it or without it there is no true substance. That which hath flowed forth from it is no true substance, and hath no substance except in the perfect, but is an accident or a brightness or a visible appearance, which is no substance and hath no substance except in the fire whence the brightness flowed forth, such as the sun or a candle. Chapter 2 Of what sin is, and how we must not take unto ourselves any good thing, seeing that it belongeth unto the true good alone. The scripture and the faith and the truth say, Sin is naught else but that which the creature turneth away from the unchangeable good, and betaketh itself to the changeable. That is to say, that it turneth away from the perfect to that which is in part and imperfect, and most often to itself. Now mark, when the creature claimeth for its own anything good, such as substance, life, knowledge, power, and in short whatever we should call good, as it were that, or possessed that, or that were itself, or that proceeded from it, as often as this cometh to pass, the creature goeth astray. What did the devil do else, or what was his going astray and his fall else, but that he claimed for himself to be also somewhat, and would have it that somewhat was his, and somewhat was due to him? This setting up of a claim, and his I and me and mine, these were his going astray and his fall. And thus it is to this day. Chapter 3 How Man's Fall and Going Astray Must Be Amended As Adam's Fall Was What else did Adam do but this same thing? It is said it was because Adam ate the apple that he was lost or fell. I say it was because of his claiming something for his own and because of his I, mine, me, and the like. Had he eaten seven apples and yet never claimed anything for his own, he would not have fallen. But as soon as he called something his own, he fell, and would have fallen if he had never touched an apple. Behold, I have fallen a hundred times more often, and deeply, and gone a hundred times farther astray than Adam, and not all mankind could mend his fall or bring him back from going astray. But how shall my fall be amended? It must be healed, as Adam's fall was healed, and on the self-same wise, by whom and on what wise was that healing brought to pass? Mark this, man could not without God, and God should not without man. Wherefore God took human nature, or manhood, upon himself, and was made man, and man was made divine. Thus the healing was brought to pass, so also must my fall be healed. 
I cannot do the work without God, and God may not or will not without me. For if it shall be accomplished in me too, God must be made man, in such sort that God must take to himself all that is in me, within and without, so that there may be nothing in me which striveth against God or hindereth his work. Now if God took to himself all men that are in the world or ever were, and were made man in them, and they were made divine in him, and this work were not fulfilled in me, my fall and my wandering would never be amended except it were fulfilled in me also. And in this bringing back and healing, I can or may or shall do nothing of myself, but just simply yield to God, so that he alone may do all things in me and work, and I may suffer him and all his work and his divine will. And because I will not do so, but I count myself to be my own, and say, I, mine, me, and the like, God is hindered, so that he cannot do his work in me alone, and without hindrance. For this cause my fall, my going astray, remain unhealed. Behold, this all cometh of my claiming somewhat for my own. Chapter 4 How man, when he claimeth any good thing for his own, falleth and toucheth God in his honour. God saith, I will not give my glory to another. This is as much to say that praise and honor and glory belong to none but to God only. But now, if I call any good thing my own, as if I were it, or of myself had power, or did or knew anything, or as if anything were mine, or of me, or belonged to me, or were due to me, or the like, I take unto myself somewhat of honor and glory, and do two evil things. First, I fall and go astray, as aforesaid. Secondly, I touch God in his honor, and take unto myself what belongeth to God only. For all that must be called good belongeth to none but to the true eternal goodness, which is God only. And whoso taketh it unto himself committeth unrighteousness and is against God. Chapter 5 how we are to take that saying that we must come to be without will, wisdom, love, desire, knowledge, and the like. Certain men say that we ought to be without will, wisdom, love, desire, knowledge, and the like. Hereby is not to be understood that there is to be no knowledge in man, and that God is not to be loved by him, nor desired and longed for, nor praised and honored. For that were a great loss, and man were like the beasts, and as the brutes that have no reason. But it meaneth that man's knowledge should be so clear and perfect that he should acknowledge of the truth that in himself he neither hath nor can do any good thing, and that none of his knowledge, wisdom, and art, his will, love, and good works do come from himself, nor are of man, nor of any creature, but that all these are of the eternal God, from whom they all proceed. As Christ himself saith, without me you can do nothing. St. Paul saith also, What hast thou that thou hast not received? As much as to say, Nothing. Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? Again he saith, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Now when a man duly perceiveth these things in himself, 
he and the creature fall behind, and he doth not call anything his own. And the less he taketh his knowledge unto himself, the more perfect doth it become. So also is it with the will, and love, and desire, and the like. For the less we call these things our own, the more perfect and noble and godlike do they become. And the more we think them our own, the baser and less pure and perfect do they become. Behold, on this sort must we cast all things from us, and strip ourselves of them. We must refrain from claiming anything for our own. When we do this, we shall have the best, fullest, clearest, and noblest knowledge that a man can have, and also the noblest and pure love, will, and desire. For then there will be all of God alone. It is much better that they should be gods than the creatures. Now that I ascribe anything good to myself, as if I were or had done or knew or could perform any good thing, or that it were mine, this is all of sin and folly. For if the truth were rightly known by me, I should also know that I am not that good thing, and that it is not mine nor of me, and that I do not know it and cannot do it, and the like. If this came to pass, I should need cease to call anything my own. It is better that God or his works should be known as far as possible to us, and loved, praised, and honored, and the like, and even that man should vainly imagine he loveth or praiseth God, than that God should be altogether unpraised, unloved, unhonored, and unknown. For when the vain imagination and ignorance are turned to an understanding and knowledge of the truth, the claiming anything for our own will cease of itself. Then the man says, Behold, I, poor fool that I was, imagined it was I, but behold, it is and was of a truth, God. End of chapters 1 through 5 Recording by J. A. Carter www.afewparagraphs.com